Let's get to Coach Jed Carlson for Moorhead Girls Basketball. Jed, first and foremost, thanks for making the time on, on a Wednesday night. And I know you get to this time of the year. It's not too far before you start talking about postseason play, Coach. No, hey, thanks, Chase, for having me tonight. appreciate the opportunity. You know, we, tonight was practice 37, and uh, there's only about 55 of them. So we're well on our way to, uh, to postseason prep. And you look at what's coming up here uh, moving forward. I know your next game, a, a non-section game uh, against West Fargo on Thursday night. But when you look at your team this year, who have been some of the girls that have kind of stood out? And how has this team kind of been from practice number one, uh, Jed, to where you guys are, are right now again, you know, getting to that practice 40 and 50 coming down the line? You know, we've we've faced a lot of adversity this year, Chase, to be honest with you. We just we had a couple kids not come out early that, that had started games for us in the past. And then the two kids that kind of were going to take their spots, uh, they were both out for the season with, with season-ending injuries by the time the first game was, was at halftime. So we've just had some kids really step up. Uh, you know, we have a great senior class. And, you know, Megan Haugo, Riley Palomi, who's an MSUM commit, Sam Zimmerman, who's a junior, we asked those three to do a lot for us. Those kids are playing 33 and 34 and 35 minutes every night, and, and they're certainly doing a lot. And then we have some role players that have really stepped up, Kylie Dumas, and Sam Hulse, both kids that can really shoot the three. Uh, we're shooting the three a lot better this year. We're somewhere around 40% from three, and that helps us. And, and then we got some young kids, Kenzie Downer and Alexa Grunwald, that come off the bench um, and really mix it up for us. And they've had some spot starts because we've had some other nagging injuries and illnesses. And I'm just really proud of our group. I think just the adversity we face has kind of galvanized us early, and, and we're confident. We were 9-4 and four at the midway point. We lost a tough one last night, but uh, we kind of like where we're at. Uh, you know, you can't sit back and reflect too much this time of year. Um, you got to keep going and keep plugging away. But uh, but I think our group is confident in, in finding different ways to win. Yeah, and you talk about that, you know, with, with role changes. How how do roles change then uh, for your squad, Jed, when you do get those injuries and maybe girls that you're asking to come off the bench maybe become starters now or girls that you're saying, you're probably going to be more of a role player. Now we need you to, to defend the number one on the opposite team or we need you to score maybe a little bit more than what you had before. How do roles change when injuries come to, to your basketball team? You know, it's been a lot of that this year. And I think primarily the biggest thing is kids playing out of position. You know, so we got, like right now, Kylie Dumas starts at the four for us. She's five, six. She's a shooting guard. But she's doing it, you know. And we just got kids that are just willing to do that. Same thing with Kenzie Downer. We got basically all the kids that uh, that, that aren't playing right now uh, were post players. So we've had to kind of adapt. We're pretty small other than Sam Zimmerman at six feet. So um, we just were asking the kids to play big. Uh, Megan, how goes our point guard? But she plays post defense. She's one of our bigger, stronger kids. Uh, she's second on our team in rebounding. So um, kids just kind of have to step up, and our group's done a really good job of that. Warhead Spuds girls basketball coach Jed Carlson with us here on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show. And, and before I brought you on, Jed, I was talking about uh, Sam Hybe, a well-decorated athlete, student athlete within your program. And when you get a girl like Sam or or anyone that's going on to college-level basketball, whether they're you know a junior, a senior, when they start committing and start realizing, hey, I can play at the next level. What does it do for the youth of Moorhead girls basketball and the girls that come out and watch? You know, someone who's maybe ten, five, or four years old than them them kind of seeing look at what they can do you know with the black and and the orange but also hey they're going to the next level and i can kind of watch their career from afar when i'm kind of growing up and i get to be like a sam hybe you know later down the road yeah those are big energizers from your program and sam hybe is a special kid she may be as special as any spot that's ever walked these hallways you know so she, she was an extra special example but i think when you get kids you know, like Riley and like our other kids in college, Brooks Hansfield, 
that that are that are going places and kids know it. It's just an energizer for your program. The kids look up to them. Um, they realize that they can do it. You know, like you mentioned with with all the eyes on us when Hybe was here, this kind of generates a buzz. You know, in the program and, and the youth know it and, and the community knows it. And uh, I think it's a really good thing and it's a healthy thing. And and quite frankly, it's just been fun to follow, Chase. I mean, uh, Sam Hybe and she's on TV. You can we, games that if we're not nights that we're not playing, you can watch her on Big Ten Network. And Brooks Hansfeld's doing good things at Mankato. She leads them in rebounding all the time. And um, it, it's just been really special. We got a couple kids over at Concordia and, and Brooke Carney and Mackenzie Palmy too. And, and we were just kind of talking as a staff um, in, in section eight, class four in Minnesota basketball, there's so many high level collegiate players. Uh, last night, St. Michael was full of them, but the kids that are doing well, Gabby Hawk and, and Abby Scheid, a couple of Elk River teammates, both scored their thousand points on the same night. And these are kids that we're seeing every single night. So the, the, the quality of, of class four, a basketball in section eight is just off the charts. And these kids, go on to college, but not, they don't just go to college. They're really successful when they get there. And uh, I think that's the credit to the, to the quality of basketball being played. When you, when, when you're coaching Steph and, and specifically Jed, for you, the head coach here at the varsity for Moorhead, do you find yourselves once these girls go on to the next level and continue to play the game of basketball, do you find yourself still as a coach when you're watching them or do you find yourself more as a fan, so to speak, when you're watching them, maybe sending them a text or two saying, Hey, great job last night. Saw you drop 20 or Hey, nice job. I saw you grab 10 rebounds. Are you still kind of as a coach or do you kind of go, okay, I can kind of take the coaching mode off and just be a fan now. That's a great question, Chase. I'd say a little bit of both. Probably lean more towards a fan. You know, at this point, you're just supportive. They're getting enough coaching. You know, they're getting great coaching. But you, you know, once in a while, depending on your relationship with them, you, you know, you'll still give them a few pointers and a few tips. And um, you know, Sam Hybe was playing one three one zone uh, early in the season, and that's something that we've done in the past. And and she was playing a spot she didn't play for us, and we talked about a little bit about that. But most of the time, it's just nice floor game. Keep it up. You know, go get them, and it's just fun to watch. And you're a fan, and try to stay in touch with those kids because it's really fun. It's fun to watch them grow on and off the court, and we've been certainly lucky to have kids like that in our program. Anytime we're talking basketball in Minnesota, I think it was specifically the last couple of years, Jed, the, the shot clock, right? That That is something that is on uh, everyone seems like one, two, three lists. If you're from a state that has a shot clock and you're going to play a West Fargo team come tomorrow night that normally has a 30-second shot clock, they go to a Minnesota school and, and go across the river for Moorhead, and now all of a sudden they don't have a shot clock. And I know for your teams before, you've played the Shanleys, the South, the Norths of the world, too, where you're coming yeah. in and you're used to not playing on a shot clock now you got 30 seconds so i uh, just your thoughts jed on where minnesota high school basketball is i know you can still play the dean smith four corners if you really want hold the ball but i know that's not everyone's program and cup of tea normally you're going to go to a game you're still going to see a high volume of shooting and an up and down tempo but every now and then it's one of those two of those scores jed that really goes national whether it's in minnesota or other states that's 12 to 11 and there's only 20 shots in the game because one team and that quite frankly is a strategy as a coach to go hey i might line up against a squad that has two or three college athletes and maybe division one talent i don't have that on my roster the only way we're going to have a shot is to kind of play that dean smith keep away game what are your shot what are your uh, thoughts on the shot clock uh with not having one i guess at the high school level jed yeah that's a good one too I, first of all i do think it's a little bit overblown you know those scores that you mentioned i those are few and far between and i think like i mentioned before i think the quality of play of basketball in minnesota is really healthy especially down in the Metro. I mean, just the, the athletes, I don't think teams are holding it for the most part, but that being said, would I like to see a shot clock in Minnesota? Yes. I, especially for end of game things. Um, not so much, you know, preparing kids for the next level, kids adapt and adjust. And if you go to any of our games, it doesn't take us more than 30 seconds to shoot it most of the time. 
So it, it, it's not that. I don't think West Fargo coming over here tomorrow will be at any disadvantage for not having the shot clock. Um, it's just, I think it cleans up the end of the game where it never becomes keep away. Um, and it's just a little bit, you know, a little bit more enjoyable for everyone, players, coaches, refs, fans. Um, so I'd like to see it. Um, I understand arguments for and against, and uh, I know it's in the news, so I, I get it. I don't think it's going away anytime soon until, uh, until we get one, but uh, that's kind of where I stand, and I'd like to see one. Oh, one second. We lost Chase here. He'll be back one oh. moment. So what do you expect out of a West Fargo this, uh, this coming week here while we wait for Chase? Sure. Yeah, West Fargo, they're going to come in. You know, they got us last year over at their place. They're a really talented team. Um, you know, I've seen they've had some ups and downs in the ADC, but uh, they do a good job. They'll mix men in zone. Uh, you know, I think, you know, McKenna Becker is, is a pretty good player. Their point guard, too. She's really quick. And um, they get a nice mix of guards and size, and, um, and they'll give us everything we want. So yeah, it'll be a tough contest. Uh, you know, we, we kind of own one from last year, but I expect a good close contest. And uh, I think it'll be a good crowd over here tomorrow night with the boys-girls doubleheader. We're looking forward to the, to the energy and the excitement that uh, that, that matchup will bring. Hey, uh, thank you very much to Josh Linus. We're doing the three-man weave. We're not in practice, I swear, but, but a, a little dropout here. But uh, Chase Miller with you with Jack Carlson, Moorhead girls basketball coach, and Josh Linus back at our fan studios. A minute or two left with uh, Jed here, and I know we are talking about the shot clock before I just quickly bounced off, and Josh already asked a question about the West Fargo Packers. So my next thing is, when you guys do come into the state of North Dakota or do go to a state uh, for one or two of your you know, non-sectional games, do you notice a difference much as a coach? you have to bring it up much as a coach that, hey, now there's a 30-second shot clock. I know, Jed, when, before I bounced out that you said there was a lot of quality play in Section 8-4-A that you rarely run into it. It was more, you know, late-game situations where maybe a team's down by four or down by five where you like to have the shot clock just because you can play keep away then or have to foul to get them to the line to extend the game. When, when you come in and play, let's say, if the game tomorrow night was at West Fargo, do you as a staff have to talk about it much, if, if at all? Absolutely, and we'll work on it in practice too. We'll put it up there just so our kids know. So if it is a situation where it's a, a two-minute game and you know, and you're up eight or six, and you know, you're not going to stall, but you're going to want to use the clock, and then you know maybe you go to a late ball screen at twelve. So you know we would practice. You know we're going to put the clock up there and use it in practice for a day or two to prepare. Um, like I said, most of the time in, in the flow of the game, Chase, we're, we're going to shoot the ball within thirty seconds or thirty-five. Uh, that's just kind of the way that we like to play up tempo. But, um, yeah, you're certainly going to work on it. Um, you know, we don't quite get into, like, let's get a two-for-one here, you know, like some of the NBA teams do. But we certainly want to be aware of it and how it affects the game, uh, especially at the end, no doubt. And one thing, when you're a varsity coach, uh, what is one thing as a coaching staff and specifically Jed for yourself, what are you looking at with when girls are coming up through the system? Because I know anytime you're talking with parents, they're curious, are you going to play a, a freshman over a senior? Are you going to play uh, certain girls, certain minutes? But f when you take that away and you're just looking at the game itself, obviously they got to be a good student to finally have an opportunity to play you know, at any level of freshman, sophomore, JV, varsity basketball. But when, when you're a coach, did, what are some keys or what are some values that you have within your program and girls are kind of coming up through the system that you tell you know a player or a coach that's coming up that's a great question i think i think i'd probably say competitiveness you know there's no coaches coach that you can only control effort and attitude right two things you can always control so we're always looking for those things in character and citizenship but as far as on the floor i think the number one thing would be would be competitiveness you know do you want to compete are you out here to win and do you make your teammates better and and some of those leadership qualities that are always you know, kind of tough to find in high school students. Certainly talent always plays a part, right? If, uh, if, if young kids can help you win, generally speaking, they're going to play. But um, I'd say competitiveness is uh, probably the answer to that question.
And, Jed, I thank you very much. Thank you very much to Josh with the assist. Again, I love basketball puns when I can put those in. Uh, Jed Vesta, of luck coming up tomorrow night against the West Fargo Packers and down the line where I know you got less practices and more games probably on your schedule, okay? Hey, thanks, Chase. I appreciate you having me on. And I want you to say hi to Coach Kraft for me. He's a friend of a friend. I didn't know they were 9-0. That's awesome. I'm happy for him. Thanks. I will I will make sure I pass pass that along with Coach Kraft. I'm actually calling one of their games on Friday night. So I will personalize that even more for them on Friday. Okay, Jed? Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Morehead Girls Basketball Head Coach, that's Jed Carlson with us here on our Buffalo Wings and Rings Coaches Show. Chad, I know when we go into this time of the year, anytime you can go on the road in the NSIC and pick up wins at Augustana and alongside Wayne State, barring the weather, those are always big-time wins in the month of January, Coach. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, the old adage of, uh, you know, split on the road, sweep at home, sounds good in theory, but, uh, you know, you're not going to sweep at home all the time, but uh, certainly to to take two on the road against two quality opponents. Really, really pleased with, with our guys. And now you're going into your next four games at home here at Nemzik, and it starts with Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud State coming up on Friday and Saturday. So before we talk about some of your guys, Chad, and just kind of how the season has gone, uh, what did the Bulldogs and the Huskies, where are they going to present as challenges this weekend over at Nemzik? Well, I mean, Duluth is one of the best teams in the, in the league. They have, you know, if not the, the MVP of our league, certainly runner-up. Um, and, and, and Meyer, he's a six, eight, six, nine post kid that, you know, is an inside outside kid actually can do a little bit of everything shoot threes, can drive it, terrific rebounder, and obviously can post up. So, uh, and then they've got, uh, a, a two guard that's, uh, scoring really, really well for him. And then they got a big 10 transfer, uh, that's also a senior from Wisconsin. So, you know, they're loaded for bear and, and, uh, they're in the hunt for the title, uh, as they should be. And then, uh, St. Cloud, uh, you know, I guess really don't know a lot about them. A lot of new kids, extremely athletic, uh, really one through five. They switch everything. I mean, they're very, um, they can guard, point guard can guard a five, and the five can guard a point guard. So, um, you know, they're very athletic, and we're going to have to do a, a great job standing in front, front of St. Cloud. Uh, do, like to do a lot of dribble pitch stuff. So uh, it, it's going to be a, a big weekend for us. and and hopefully uh, we'll play some of our best basketball. I, I know when we were talking with Coach Walthall earlier in the year before the year started, you may mention, uh, uh, Chad, that, hey, kind of got a, a younger team. I mean, I look on your roster, again, 11 underclassmen, six of them are sophomores. So when these kids come into campus at MSUM and they start learning, and even though you do have a, a couple of juniors and one senior in the squad, when these kids come in that are young, uh, every year you're bringing in a one, two, three, four, five, maybe six, like you did a couple of years ago. Is the experience the biggest thing for them to take from going to the high school game, the college game? What's one thing as a as a coaching staff and yourself to kind of get them to go, okay, that was high school basketball at North or Stanley or down in Wyzetta, but now you're going up against Augustana and Duluth and company and D2. Is the experience the, the biggest factor for these kids just to learn the flow of the game at, at the college level, Chad? Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is just the physicalness of it. I mean, you know, we, we are happen to start two freshmen, two sophomores for most of this season. And so you can almost see on a daily break, uh, basis their growth, um, both in understanding the pace of the game and the physicalness of it. But I think those two things, the pace and the physicalness, are probably the, the two biggest areas uh, that, you know, need to improve throughout the season and as they go on and into the career, their career here. But, you know, I tell you, uh, usually players at this level, if you recruit them, they're obviously talented, but for the most part, they have a high basketball IQ. So I, I think probably the 
the intellectual part of the game is, is not really a big change for them because, you know, they've played it all their lives and they really have a good understanding of how to play the right way. And, uh, and, the, and the programs that we recruit from, uh, they're all very well coached, great high school programs uh, and so forth. So, you know, I just think it's, you know, the physicalness, getting stronger and just adjusting to the pace a little bit because you're going to go against, you know, older, uh, you know, older men. And so it's going to be, instead of playing, you know, teenagers, you're playing 21, 22 year olds. So it's, it's obviously a big difference. MSU and men's basketball head coach Chad Walthall with us here on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show. And Chad, when you go out to these high schools, you know, in and around the area, what are some of the things that you specifically and your staff that, that you've been looking for since day one you're at MSUM to where you're at now? When, when you go to talk to some coaches or talk to some uh, potential recruits that could be, you know, donning that dragon red and black and white for a uniform upcoming, what are some things that you look for as a coach to, to bring that kid from that high school level to the college level, Chad? Well, we really want you to check three boxes. One, you obviously have to handle the academic rigors of, of the university. And so, you know, we start there. Um, and then, obviously, you've got to be talented to play at this level. And so that's the second box is, you know, can the, can the student athlete adjust to college life academically? And then can he, um, you know, does he invest in the game enough to where he continues to improve? and have the talent to play at this level. And then the third box is just uh, character traits. You know, uh, is he, you know, does he uh, fit the locker room? Uh, is he a high achiever? Not an overachiever, but a high achiever. Um, it's important for him to, to want to do well in the classroom and, and to hold himself in high regard with his fellow students and teammates. And, and uh, you know, so I think those are the three areas. Um, and then just the wanting part of it to be a, a part of MSUM and, and really uh, understanding uh, the, the kind of place it is and, and wanting to be a part of the, the university landscape. So, you know, I think those are the areas. And then, you know, there's a lot of great schools out there, a lot of great options out there. Um, and so you, you have to have a buy-in factor uh, with the staff and, and, and with the school and, and, you know, kind of where the program is and where it's headed. We're talking again with Chad Walthall, Staples Motley native. And Chad, I asked a Moorhead girls basketball coach before you came on a little bit, we're talking about Minnesota and North Dakota, the differences and the similarities for high school for boys and girls soups. And I know anytime someone brings up Minnesota basketball, they say the shot clock is the very first thing compared to North Dakota. They have the, th the shot clock. They used to not in class B, but that is now uh, came and went when you're recruiting. Is that, I mean, is that such a little thing from a media aspect that I'm going, do you really have to t talk to a kid about the shot clock once they come into your program if they played in a state that doesn't have a 30 or 35-second shot clock, Chad? No, it's, not, it's nothing we've ever talked about, and actually it's not a really a big adjustment for them. I mean, it mm -hmm. might be an adjustment for the first couple of weeks of practice or something, but you know, more times than not, uh, you're getting a pretty good look, pretty good shot in that time frame of 30 seconds that we have. I do think it would be terrific for the Minnesota uh, high schools, uh, you know, to have a shot clock. And I know there's, there's a lot of discussions regarding that, but it, it does continue to get voted down. But hopefully at some point, uh, I do think the shot clock is a good way to keep the pace of play and to allow more possessions, uh, which also uh, can be conducive to, to entertainment value for, for the fans and, and the parents. Um, and I think it's just something that, you know, probably 
will be done eventually, but um, you know, it, until it until it is, it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. But again, it's not a big recruiting part or anything like that. Yeah, and, and that's one of those things where you can still play Dean Smith basketball if you want with the shot clock, right? You, I mean, you can still play four quarters and milk that puppy down to five seconds before you want to shoot, Chad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that that's plenty of time to get what you want offensively. And I and I also think, uh, you know, I, I have a tough time seeing teams pull the ball out for a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Right. When the high school game is short enough. Um, you know, I think we've seen a number of state championship games that really um, didn't, didn't end up being as entertaining and as fun to watch or probably play, I'm assuming, uh, because there just wasn't a shot clock. And, and so, you know, teams were just holding the ball for, for one or two shots in a five-minute span. So that, that could be a little frustrating. I think the shot clock would take that out of it, um, obviously. And, and so I think there's a lot of good things. I, and let me put it this way. I think there's a lot more good things than, than harmful things for the high school game. And, Chad, if you were, you know, playing with your daughter, Brooke, you know, when she was growing up, or now your twin sons and Brady and Blake and also your son, Bo, uh, did you ever have to worry about a shot clock in in, uh, in your driveway, so to speak, going, okay, you've, you've held the ball for a while, time, time, time to shoot, because in college you guys got to get going here. No, that, in our house, that's never a problem. <laughs> our problem is probably defending, but never, never shooting. Uh, they they would probably uh, uh, take a shot after one pass, and they were comfortable with that. So I'd probably be asking them to maybe pass the ball a couple more times before shooting. But uh, that was never an issue with uh, getting the ball up there. I, I know we talked about Brooke before, and you know her coming to MSUM, and now you being able, uh, her dad as well, just seeing her maybe more on campus or more in terms of she can pop into your office and talk a little bit, but with. With your sons Brady and Blake and alongside Bo, what are some of the sports that uh, they like to do? I know we, we've a lot of people have heard about the twin connection with Brady and Blake on the football field for Coach Feeney and everything uh, this past fall, but what are some other things that they like to do here, here Chad? Well, they, they very much like the three sports. I mean, they, it depends the the time of year. I mean, uh, the twins play basketball for the Spuds and Coach Borman, and, and uh, they're having a good year, and they're really enjoying that. And and then when the spring comes around, they play they play baseball. So uh, they enjoy all three sports, and all three programs uh, are very, very solid. And it's been just a, a really good uh, thing to watch, to be able to watch our kids grow up in the Moorhead School District. I mean, there's so many great things about the school um, and about the, the city of Moorhead. So we're really uh, blessed to have those uh, our kids and part of it. And then Bo is also a basketball uh, player and football player. So uh, we'll be watching him. He's our, our youngest teenager. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Final thing for you, Chad, and we thank you for your time. When you take the coach, do you ever take the coaching hat off with, with your kids? I mean, when you are either talking to them at the dinner table or you're able to get to a game or two uh, throughout the year when time allows, are you ever able to take the coaching hat away and just be kind of become the parent, so to speak? Yeah, and I really try to do that. Uh, you know, it's not always easy necessarily, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think – you know, that's why you have significant others to kind of guide you and help you along. But I think I really just try to put my parent hat on more than anything. Um, you know, I think, you know, being a teenager and an, and an athlete and, and a student, um, you know, that's a challenging um, thing to have on anybody's plate. And so, you know, you're just there to support. And, you know, obviously you understand there's going to be some great, great times and you understand there's going to be some adversity, which, you know, what playing sports is all about, rising above those things. So you really just try to put your parent hat on and, and stay away as much as you can from the coaching part of it. Always want to go to MSUM women's basketball or men's basketball games. They put out a great product over at Nemzik, and you have a chance this weekend and next weekend, uh, Friday night again against Minnesota Duluth and Saturday against St. Cloud State. Chad, as always, uh, thanks very much for talking a little hoops, talking a little bit about the game, and as well, your family. Thanks, Chad, and best of luck down the line here in the month of January going into February, okay? 
Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. The Anderlin Eagles, the number three rated team in Class B boys in the latest poll. They're 9-0 and on this season, and they're the champs of the Barnes County Basketball Tournament with the 56-43 win over Maple Valley. With that being said, head Enderlin Eagles boys basketball coach, that's Kelvin Kraft. And Kelvin, I know I said a lot of really good things. 9-0, and number three in the latest poll, and a Barnes County boys basketball tournament championship. We'll start with the latter. Uh, just a couple days ago, you beat your rival in Maple Valley to win that. Always has to be nice to to win any tournament, but to win one where you have to deal with a little mother nature involved too, Calvin. Where kind of a couple of days got moved back uh, for these uh, games. Absolutely, yeah, very fun. We haven't won that darn thing since 2009. Uh, we've been in it since 1997, so it's actually our second championship total. So uh, we've been in a couple championships uh, in the last five six years. Finally, get over the hump and get one uh, was very fun. And obviously, mother nature came into it. I'm actually the uh, commissioner, so. Uh, Friday morning calling and making sure we can get the games in Monday early, uh, the reps, the workers, you know, stuff like that. So it was uh, a little dicey early, but we got it in and we got the W, so it's, uh, it all worked out. You said something that, about the commissioner, and I guess here, here's something that I want to ask, Kelvin, before we talk about some of the players on your team and obviously going through a tough region one is how much behind-the-scenes stuff when it comes to this time of the year when you have the potential of blizzards or or the potential of snow and slippery conditions, how much are you talking uh, behind-the-scenes to other coaches, to other administrations, to the referees that are coming down, or even just to people that can run the concession stand, as, as, as you said, Kelvin? Absolutely. It's a, it's a nonstop battle. I'm actually the athletic director now here. So this is my uh, second full-time year. And you don't really think about that stuff when you're not, and you're just coaching your team and you just expect everything to be there and the ticket takers in line and the refs show up and everything's grand, but there's, uh, there's hours and hours and hours of things behind the scenes to make sure that it uh, even goes on, let alone find dates. Like I just found a date with Kidder County girls on February 8th. We're supposed to play them last Saturday. That's all the way in steel. Uh, scheduled with them, scheduled with us. We have four games in a week now. There's there's just a bunch of stuff like that. And obviously, North Dakota winters, uh, you never know what's going to happen. and you got to be flexible and just roll with it. Let's talk about your team. I know you're getting some nice accolades, and you started the season with the win over Hat Northwood. In the last couple weeks, Hat Northwood picked off a couple nice uh, ranked teams here, and one of those being Hillsborough Central Valley. They're in the top ten. You're number three. So what has been the recipe so far for your 9-0 start to the season here, Coach? You know, it's just been a process. We started this. The guys that are starting and playing right now, we don't start a senior, but they've actually all been playing for three years, two years. Uh, it's been a grind. It didn't happen overnight. We were five and sixteen, and we were eight and fourteen last year. We were ten and twelve. Uh, knowing that we're getting closer, uh, and this year, obviously, uh, being picked towards the top, not even at the top, and then beating that Northwood in that first game. They're very talented, uh, well coached, and uh, we played well at home. We were down big uh, early. We got the third quarter got a lead and so i mean we knew that we had the potential uh we take it game by game uh we're not going to go around and say you know hey we're going to walk into a gym and beat somebody we're not out of the woods versus literally anybody uh, but we know we have the capability to win games and so far so good uh some games we play a little bit better offensively than others sometimes defensively we struggle whatever it is but uh we have the formula we have the athletes we've been doing this for years now and even though no seniors start all these guys are veterans uh, we have one team that comes off the bench and plays, but the uh, recipe and the talent and the, everything is in place for us, and we're just happy to be on this ride and 
we're taking it game by game, and Northern Castle on Fridays are our only hope and worry right now. Calvin Kraft, head boys basketball coach from the Enderlin Eagles with us here. And Calvin, uh, as we kind of dive into your team, I know there's the Hurlburt name has been around for a while, you know, with kind of the older yeah. brothers that have been there. And obviously when you look on the roster, if if you're looking at an Enderlin Eagle team, and as anyone he does, okay, you got a six-footer, you got a 5'10", you got a 6'2". But once you get past 6'6", six, six, I think a lot of people start paying attention here, Calvin, with a couple <laughs> of the guys that you have on your team with the Hurlburt. Absolutely. You know, and he's a good 6'10 barefoot, and Gus is a good 6'8 barefoot. Uh, Joe's 6'10, that meant. And we do have a 6'5 freshman named Carson Bartholomew, who also starts, and uh, he's inside out as well. And, you know, the good thing about those guys, they can do more than just one thing. And so they're kind of interchangeable, and hopefully make it tough for people to guard us that way. But, you know, the Thoroughbirds had a brother, Graham, graduated in 2016. He was actually a Mr. Basketball candidate. Uh, so the name's been around. We had some decent teams back then, too. Actually made it to the region championship in uh, 15. So uh, now they've been coming through. You know, I've been coaching them since they were in fifth and sixth grade. Uh, they've been here, and we're just trying to get to that time where we think it's our time and we think we're close now. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, Elijah Dixon had a brother that played for me. We were we made it to the region semifinal twice in 14. And, you know, I have Dawson Lemla that plays now. Carson Bartholomew, Austin Glare has been around for a while, been playing since he was a freshman. Uh, you know, Thrive Polker by Glenn McCleary, Zeke Parsons, the junior off the bench. I mean, we have names that have been around and we've seen some success in the past. Now we just hope to take that success uh, statewide instead of this local local success, I guess. Yeah, and I know Region 1, and we'll talk about this in a moment, where you, I know you got Richland, you got Oak Grove, you got Kendrick, you got Central Cast. That's before you talk about anybody else. But for your team specifically here, Calvin, 1996, the last time that Enderlin Eagle Boys basketball team has made it to state. And, and I know that's probably something always that gets uh, brought up about. I don't care what program you're at in, the, in Class A, Class B. Your goals are always to win your respective conference or your region, have a really good regular season, and obviously try to make the state tournament but when there is a drought so to speak and this is what's kind of cool for class b basketball is ellendale for example from a couple years ago wasn't at state for a couple decades now i know your team with where you're at right now you probably got a lot of people going wow when was the last time enderlin was you know ranked in the top three for for a a poll but also at the same time having a shot to make a state tournament and there's still a month and a half before you get to that region tournament and a lot of stuff can happen between now and then but is that something that you you bring up with the guys calvin or is this just something hey you know what you're just focused on northern cast it's the 2019 2020 eagle team or is this stuff that does get talked about even during the offseason that's been a while for the eagles to make a state tournament no, it's definitely talked about. You ask any one of those guys the last time we've been to States, and they know it's 1996. It's, uh, it's hanging in the locker room. You know, goals before the season, we want to win the GOAT against Liz. We want to win the Barnes County Tournament. We kind of go in order. Uh, and every every game in the moment is the most important thing, but there's obviously overall goals there. Uh, and the chatter around, you see people you haven't seen in a long time at games. The the gym fills up, and that's just Class B North Dakota for you. And so if you're, uh, if you're successful, they follow, and that's kind of what we're seeing here now, and it's very exciting. Uh, for us to be in that situation. But, yeah, 96 is the time. Uh, region championship in uh, 2015, uh, you know, didn't win the game, lost to Oak Grove. But uh, we know what's out there. We know the history of it. Um, we've been to eight state tournaments since 1937. You know, they, we, we do go through that because it's, it's important to know the history. Uh, but then in the real real time, you know, we have three games, three days here to prepare for Northern Cast. So that's the only thing that matters. They know the end goal. Uh, and they know that the uh, things are talked about. Uh, we kind of got to do a little bit of both to keep everybody on the same page. 
I know you still got a good chunk of the season, but when Region 1 basketball gets brought up, Oak Grove obviously in the last decade has been a player. Richland last year with the guys that they had on their team and not graduating much, and they're also in the top 10 in the latest poll at number 5. You got a kindred team who's knocked off a top 10. Central Cass is always year in and year out consistent. So where does it start this year? I know you're going to play a lot of those guys down the stretch, Kelvin, but where does it start for, for Region 1, and how deep is this region in this particular season, Coach? You know, it's deep. And you start about Northern Cast, kind of even a dark horse. You mentioned that you would say the top five, including ourselves. Northern Cast is right there. We played a Maple Valley team who only lost Northern Cast by 14, lost a, uh, Oak Grove by 13. So, I mean, you have to show up to win, even against whoever you think is mid-pack or down lower end or something like that. But, again, as you said, Richmond's very talented. Uh, they're going to they're gonna get after you. They're scrappy. They're athletic. Uh, everybody can score it. Uh, they're very scary. Kindred flying under the radar right now they have just as much talent as anybody and uh we'll be right there in the end oak grove you can never count out uh they're always going to play good during tournament time no matter what their regular season was like um and obviously central cast has got very very talented big athletic strong uh guys up there but you go down the list there's you know many other teams that can get anybody on any given night and so you have to show up and our goal you try to get a buy or you try to get mm-hmm. as high of a seat as you can uh, because then all of a sudden now you're sitting and you're watching who you play because now now you're not playing those teams that you mentioned uh, in the quarterfinal. You know maybe in the quarterfinal you're playing somebody uh, you think maybe you can control or somebody that you uh, beat earlier in the year, etc. Now then you you get beat a couple times in the regular season. Now you're the sixth seed or you're the five seed. You're playing those guys who you mentioned in the quarterfinal. And now instead of trying to beat them twice in the semifinal and the final to get the state, now you got to play three games. And either way you got to play everybody. But you know. You ask any of the coaches in the region who you just mentioned, goal be to get a buyer, get as high a seat as you can, uh, play whoever you play, and put yourself in the best position possible and try to play 32 minutes down in Wapiton, uh, you know, when it, when it counts. So. Kelvin, has it changed much going from districts to super regions? Has it changed much as a coach, not knowing that you don't have to go through district two to win two out of three games, essentially, to make it to regions and have to win yeah. three straight games in a region tournament? And now, instead, everyone's just bracketed together for a super region. To your point, yeah. if you get a bye, you only have to win three games to get to state instead of four straight. So how have you mm-hmm. seen a change when it went from districts to super regions? I know there's still some that still have districts in their tournaments, respectively, yeah. but obviously seen a change at least in region one here calvin yeah, just the regular season means more uh you you know that district tournament kind of you get to lose one even you know i we, i was coaching for quite a few years in the district even and i do like the district atmosphere but you you felt like uh you weren't as nervous so to speak mm-hmm. uh regular season seems to mean more uh especially if you're not even getting a buy now you get a home court advantage in the first round so say you are the four seed or you're the seven seed all the way to the eight seed you get a home game uh you feel good about that and so you know just a lot more emphasis on each and every game we have 20 game season, 12 matter, you know, we 12 is a hard scout. You got, you know, of the 12 games, those are the most important because that's seeding wise. Uh, you go through more in depth and everything means a little bit more of those games. And then obviously uh, when you get yourself uh, in a position that you want to be uh, now, you, you still have to win three games. So it's just more nerve wracking. You can't lose uh, Minnesota style. Uh, regular season means more. And so, I mean, nothing really changes except, as a coach, you get a little more gray hairs uh, in the regular <laughs> season, I would, I would think, something like that. 
Last thing for Enderlin Eagles boys basketball coach Kelvin Kraft with us. Kelvin, it's always going to be nice when you go up against Jay Coke. I know there's a nice rivalry there. Obviously, Enderlin and Maple Valley, they play uh, as high schools co-oping for certain sports, but in other sports, you get to wear that, you know, Enderlin Eagle orange or that Maple Valley blue, so to speak. Uh, how, how cool is it and how nice is it, whether it's, you know, with Jay or some other uh, coaches around the region that, you know, came from VCSU and you kind of maybe guys that you coached against or, or uh, yeah. played, played against, now all of a sudden you're going up against on a night-in, night-out basis? Yeah, it's very cool. It's a small circle. You know, every coach I have some kind of background with, everybody kind of does. It's a, it's a very tight, small circle. You know, background history about everybody. But Jay was at Valley before me, actually. He coached <laughs> he coached at Maple Valley when I played at Central Cap, to tell you the truth. Uh, and so, it's you know, sometimes I'm playing against uh, or coaching against guys who coached uh, when I played, and I'm getting old, too. So that <laughs> means maybe they're getting even older. But uh, uh, very cool. Uh, he took a year off last year and I was coaching again this year. He's athletic director up there. So we coincide a lot every day with track and football and baseball, softball, things like that. So, uh, it's nice to beat your rival. Sometimes friends, uh, it means a little bit more the place that the bubble was rocking. Uh, they were into it and, you know, we, uh, ended up being the 13 point game. It was a little bit closer in the fourth. We had a 17 point lead. Couldn't put a stamp on it, but you know, going in playing guys like that, your friend slash rival, it is a little more to it. And the score is not going to necessarily dictate who's good, who's not. You just got to, you got to get ready to go because they know you so well. Hey, Calvin, thank you very much for the time. And we're going to see you Friday night here on the fan. We'll have that game between Enderlin and Northern Castle. We'll talk to you more on Friday. Thank you very much, uh, Calvin. And I, I'm expecting to see some of the guys wear those Barnes County championship hats. I don't know if, it, I don't know if you're going to allow them to do that on Friday night, but I, but I expect to see some swag before the game when they're watching JV or watching right, well. the, the younger ones. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. If you have an extra one, we'll see if we can fit it on your head for you. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Calvin. <laughs> All right. Thank you.